Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to the Toronto Raptors 108-97 loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. Riker, the Bucks are the first seed in the Eastern Conference. They're a team that everyone's looking at the Raptors and saying, we have to beat this team if we want to get out the East, and obviously the Celtics and the Heat and the Sixers and all those teams are there, but the, the Milwaukee Bucks is the real test for the Raptors this season, and Although we lost, although the Bucks kind of handled this game, especially after, after, with about three minutes to go in the second, that's when the Bucks really start to take over this game. Both you and I said it as, as we picked up the call. I, I'm really encouraged after this loss. Despite despite the fact we lost, the Bucks look really beatable watching this game. And this is going to sound like some absurd home court bias, us mm-hmm. making this statement after this game. But I think if you really watch it, what is encouraging about this is that really the main things that you're afraid of facing against this Bucks team, really the Raptors were able to break down, right? You, mm-hmm. You're really nervous about Giannis just being unstoppable. I thought that yep. their defensive rotations were fantastic, and I was paying particularly close attention to OG, who you've said should be the Antetokounmpo stopper, and I thought he did a, a fantastic job. Also, you know, what are the chinks in their armor? There's a lot of three open three-point opportunities there for the Raptors, and we're going to point out all of our scorers basically had their worst scoring nights this game. You know, there's a lot of little things that I think I, I, I'm, I look at this Bucks team before tonight's matchup, saying this is a, a virtually unbeatable team. Like you're going to have to be 100% in everything in order to take them down. But after watching tonight, I, I think that there's there's a lot of little opportunities that the Raptors sort of expose this game. Most definitely, and the biggest one we gotta we gotta talk about is Serge Ibaka because I think Serge's game tonight, and he's been remarkable all year, having the best season of his career, had the best playoff run of his career. Last postseason was great; it seemed in every series, and tonight was the first real game in a long time we've seen Serge Ibaka really struggle. Five points, two of fifteen from the field, one of ten from the three point line. And to put that in perspective, Serge Ibaka shooting 40% from the three-point line. And it's not like he was getting contested by Giannis or Brook Lopez on every possession. He was missing open shots and then started to get passive and started to hesitate on the looks he usually puts up and then would be forcing it up with that, that unconfident shot. You know when you pump fake a shot and you know you should shoot it and then he'll he'll shoot it after or you take a worse shot. That's, that's what a lot of Serge Ibaka's game was tonight. And then the defense really packed it in as they didn't... Lopez didn't have to stretch out to because he was missing his shots so tonight Ibaka I think his him just missing shots and he's been remarkable all year this he won't have a performance like this again it wasn't the Bucks defense that really startled him in my opinion and Ibaka Lowry and Fred they they all had missed looks that they're usually making in night in night out even against the good teams it's not like we make them against bad teams and struggle against good teams well would would Ibaka have been the key to this game I I think so and you're you're yep. right in what you said, he's also entering tonight's game a 40% three-point shooter. So he's in by no means a bad shooter from outside the perimeter. And you're right, it wasn't the defense that was stifling him out there. They, they, they didn't go in with the game plan, hey, we're going to limit his shots. They're saying, we're going to let him shoot as much as he wants. It just so happened he missed his first few shots, and you could see the hesitation every time he would get that open opportunity. He was thinking about passing it instead of shooting, and you need to have that score-first mentality, especially when you know the emphasis on D is being put onto guys like Siakam and Kyle Lowry. If you have that chance to score, you got to go for it. And I think if he had to be more confident tonight, that it would have been a different story altogether, Ben. 
Yeah, and you can look at the the inverse of that. Chris Boucher coming off the bench at the center position. 10.7 rebounds, knocked down two threes. And when that bench you know is on the court, obviously a lineup of Matt Thomas and Terrence Davis and Boucher and Rondé, they aren't more talented than our starters with Lowry, Fred, OG, Siakam, and all those guys. But because they were able to space the floor with Boucher at the center and you know the, the Bucks not having to sag off like they did with Serge Ibaka, the, the looks that... Thomas was getting TD, especially in the second half. They were a lot cleaner, and that's why I think they took a, a larger advantage over the Milwaukee Bucks. So you brought it up. With Serge Ibaka having a more improved game, just more confident so the defense has to guard him, I think that opens everything up for Fred VanVleet and Kyle Lowry, who also missed a lot of shots that they usually make. So, you know, Fred VanVleet only 14 points. A lot Four of those points came in, like, the last second. Almost hit a three that really swung, that could have swung the momentum. Kyle Lowry, 10 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds, 2 of 12 from the field, 5 of 14. Our backcourt guards just weren't hitting the threes, and that's the big story tonight. The, the well, shots the three, the three, the, the four-point play did swing the momentum. Then we got the steal right right away mm-hmm. off that inbound, and then Fred VanVleet the wanted to play talking, hero yeah. ball. Yeah, he wanted to yep. play hero ball and went for it, which I don't blame him, to be honest with you. I, I said to yep. you, I, I don't think it's a bad thing losing this game because, you know, you don't want to give away all your secrets to the Milwaukee Bucks, right? You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we flashed, we blitzed a few different defensive sets like we usually do. We didn't play anything too long, which I thought was good, right? Like they, they mm-hmm. switched it up enough that I don't think that the Bucks are going to, you know, learn everything off the study tapes here. But um, guard play, I mean, if we remember – last playoffs right they struggled against the size of the 76ers but then they bounced back and a lot of it was the heroics of norm powell against the milwaukee bucks so i don't expect that once we play the milwaukee bucks a second time because we still have two more matchups now in the regular season but especially into the playoffs that we're going to see van vliet and lowry together struggle night in night out i don't think that the defense is that good and maybe that's a hot take ben no, I, I completely agree with you. And let's get to some positives because we've been talking about the Bucks progressively this season. What we because we, we beat teams like the Atlanta Hawks or something. We bring up okay, how are we going to use this to beat beat the Bucks? Because people don't really care about us beating the bottom feeders. We'll see. You know, we want to see how Siakam's doing, how OG's doing, how the 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 potential holes in the playoffs that the Raptors have, how they will be filled against the Bucks. And it seemed like tonight those holes that everyone's been speculating on. The Raptors kind of had them nailed down. Pascal Siakam t- didn't really take over, but we knew the defense would be completely locked in on him. And he had 22 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. But the big thing with Siakam is you want him to be confident knocking down his 3-point shots against these teams. And he went 5 for 9 on the on the 3-pointers tonight. And he was doing a good job at swinging the ball when the defense was coming. He did have a few turnovers, a little was made some kind of bad decisions with the ball, but overall had a really good floor game, in my opinion, at getting the ball out of his hands when the doubles came, and getting open looks to guys like Lowry, Van Vliet, Ibaka, that just weren't going down, and our worry isn't the rest of the guys knocking down shots, but Siakam, I think he did all the right things against Giannis in Milwaukee tonight. I'm glad we brought it back to the big man, because I, I, I also want to make the comment that we made Brooke Lopez look amazing this evening. The Toronto Raptors, yeah. they made this guy look absolutely like a, a, a mountain in the in the lane. You know, all all credit to him and all credit to the Milwaukee Bucks defense. They are one of the top defensive teams. They are the top defensive team for interior yeah. D. 
right? They're, they're middle of the pack or lower in perimeter defense. But Brooke Lopez, I'm sorry to anybody that's listening to this that is very high on this guy, but he's not a five-block-per-game uh, player against the you know the championship-defending Toronto Raptors. He's not a make-every-corner-three guy. He's not somebody you should be afraid of. He, he was making everybody think twice when they made it to the lane. That, there's no way that they're going to keep, you know, that he's going to keep that intimidation up in the lane, especially when we get guys like Marcus Allback that, that can really bully him you know, fight with him down low. So I think that showing confidence down there, like you said, with Siakam tonight, he was still being assertive, still getting in there. But I think that the next step will be him, despite, you know, seeing a guy that's got a few blocks, still going up into him, challenging and forcing the refs to make a call. That's definitely fair. Now, to be fair, Brooke Lopez has been one of the best defenders in the league. According to all the advanced stats, he's gotten, he looks in better shape than he was last year in terms of moving and being that sort of rim protector that the Bucks really needed last year when we had guys like Kawhi and stuff attacking the rim. But you brought it up. He looked like Wilt Chamberlain tonight in, in the defensive end, just trying to block shots and stuff. And I think a lot of that was our stretch fives weren't hitting their three. So he was able, he could afford to sag off and help on Siakam get those different block shots and all that sort of stuff. So and and he's not get, quick, Ben. He's not quick because he. There was a few times where he's coming over on the switch or just on the rotation, right? If they had to mm-hmm. drive past them hard, he's not quick enough to come back and then still get that block from behind. But it, it seemed like they were hesitant. They they couldn't get the step on him tonight. But I think that that'll be one thing that you can pick up in the uh, in the tapes reviewing it. That if you just drive hard past uh, Brooke Lopez when he's coming on a rotation, you can easily get a shot to the lane. Yeah, mo- most definitely, and. Yeah, he, he's good on in terms of the defensive stats and all that, and that's a big part of the Milwaukee Bucks' defensive schemes being strong and that sort of stuff. But I think when the Raptors are firing, not even on all cylinders, just at the, the firing rate we, we're usually at in terms of the open shots and stuff, all these things that the Bucks are running, they'll be minimized to a certain extent, and we won't have those missed shots like we did tonight. And one final point before we swing into the segments, Riker. I, after watching this again, I see why Norman Powell usually goes off against this team. He's a players that, and we saw it with Terrence Davis for a stretch in the second half particularly. I wouldn't mind him see, seeing him get more minutes down the stretch in this one. But the, when you're explosive and you make decisive drives against the closeouts from the Milwaukee Bucks, their, their defense kind of breaks apart because they're halfwaying a lot of their sets because they, they, want, they want the offense to be a bit indecisive of what they're doing, take shots they're not used to taking, and they have the length to where you know it all makes sense to do that schemes, and that's why they're the best defense in the league. But Norman Powell, when he gets the ball in the wing, he can shoot it if they sag off him, and he's when he makes his drives, he has such a quick first step, he can get right to the rim and get almost treat a defender that's not guarding him at full space, right? Treat them like they're not there. They'd be a pylon to Norman Powell. So with his such improved season. He's doubled his scoring average this year. I think seeing Norman Powell, especially in the playoffs when he comes back against this team, it's going to be really tough for the Milwaukee Bucks in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely, Ben. The the Milwaukee Bucks, say for Ilyasova, they're they're practically their full healthy roster, and we still have some you know some key guys that were missing tonight. But Ben, we'll swing into the segments, and we have some of the weirdest things that happen that we've <laughs> ever witnessed in all of basketball this evening. Ben, it's not it's not going to be the spicy pile. We have some good ones, but let's let's start it off there. The spicy pile of the day. I'm thinking of two good dunks. What do you got? Oh, there you got to go with my guy OG. That, that well, there's a there's a couple dunks. I think you're going to bring up the Boucher. I got to bring up the OG when he got the ball. It looked like he had an open dunk, Giannis, but he loves Giannis loves to come out of nowhere and try and get blocks, but. 
OG is just such a solid guy in terms of getting up there, getting to the rim, and he's not, he can't be pushed. That man is a mountain, and he was in the air, and we've always said he's got sneaky hops, and he just threw it down on top of Giannis. And you said that I need to say it, It's and you're right, it's got to be Boucher. That putback mm-hmm. dunk over, I don't know, it was... I don't know who it I think was it might over, have been Giannis as well. I think Giannis it was over Giannis as well. might have got on two posters this evening. <laughs> wow. Just the athleticism on display by the Toronto Raptors tonight, Ben. Wow. But Yeah, it, it, it was remarkable. And before we swing into the, the well-anticipated OGs, I just want to bring up OG Ananobi. His, his offensive game, he was knocking down his shots. He did everything we needed from him tonight. And, Riker, I've been saying it. OG Ananobi's on-ball defense is upper echelon i think if he got more kind of notoriety or got some more burn in terms of talking around the league he could be an all defensive first player this season honestly the way he's been guarding on ball and tonight he did a really strong job on Giannis Antetokounmpo on top of dunking on him well the reason that he's not going to get any first team accolades or probably any team accolade for all d is that he doesn't spend enough time guarding the primary ball handler right it's because of the the way that the defensive rotations we we saw a real mix of Siakam and OG trying to stay with Giannis but then we had times where Serge Ibaka would guard him I'd almost like to see you know OG glued to uh, Giannis because you're right he he did show flashes where his defense was excellent this evening but uh yeah well I mean that that's yet to be seen Ben most definitely but not all plays can be the spicy PLA of the day and some just make you say oh geez and we might have the OGs play of the season, Riker, so I'll let you take it away. Ben, it's, it might be the OGs of the century. I, we, <laughs> I don't know if anybody in history has ever witnessed this. If you've attended a Harlem Globetrotters game, you might have seen it. it was, it's something out of a comic book, Ben, out of one of those uh, old-fashioned movies where there's no noise. It's just black and white. <laughs> Grant or George Hill, he's up guarding uh, Kyle Lowry in the heat of the moment, and Kyle Lowry's pushing up, pushing up, and decides to go and pivot under his legs. He lifts like a like a horse. He lifts him up onto his back, and then has the audacity, Ben, to complain that it wasn't an offensive foul. I have never seen. I don't think we'll ever see anything like it again. We've seen guys go over other players, never under. We've seen LeBron James jump over players to throw down dunks. We've seen Giannis jump over players to throw on dunks. Kyle Lowry decided to try to go underneath George Hill on that possession. <laughs> he got the sweep there. He was going at the refs all night and then says, you know what? I, I, he's done with all this. He's going to swing his way through and just try and go right between George Hill's legs. I have no idea what he was doing. Definitely made me say, oh, geez. And... Riker, is this a trend we're going to see? Is this going to be something we see across the league for the future? Is this one of those innovative plays that the refs just don't understand? Like like the movie <laughs> Semi-Pro when they called two fouls on the alley-oop. Is this a, is this a new move for the NBA? <laughs> oh, Ben, it might be a new move for the NBA, but I'll bring it back. You versus me, one-on-ones. <laughs> the old slip and slide, but with a little something extra you stop halfway and roll through the <laughs> roll through the person's legs if you're not familiar with the slip and slide search it up it's a classic street ball move ben maybe kyle lowry he's he's added it to his arsenal you know we got guys like james harden they got that double step back right he's known for that move kyle lowry he's looking to be known for something going under legs hmm? it's yep. maybe it's R- the next R- big R- thing <laughs> 
Rikers pulled it out in one-on-ones a bit more with a bit more finesse than the, what Kyle Lowry showed on <laughs> out there. But I want to hear from you guys. I want you guys to name this move from Kyle Lowry in the comment section below. But yeah, that that was certainly a, a wild moment down the stretch of this one. But finally, the infamous, the one, the only Damari Carroll Gold Star Award and Riker tonight. I guess we've talked about it enough. It's got to go just to the shooting for the Toronto Raptors and their open shots. Ibaka, Lowry, Van Vliet, a few timely shots that could have went down. It, it was a it was a tough watch because the shots we usually make didn't go in, and we would have. I think we would have handedly won this one if those shots went down. I agree, but this is also the Raptors' digest, and I, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna give it to uh, Chris Middleton who was struggling to score because the defense was clamping down on him. And instead, he draws three or four fouls outside the perimeter by, you know, pump faking. And I I get it. you got to stay down. And especially if you're jumping into a player, then they're going to call that a foul ten times out of ten. Kyle Lowry loves doing it. But they caught on to it. There was one uh, called on OG, right? And he thought there was going to be a pass, so he kicks his leg out. And then Chris Middleton jumps into forward into OG's leg. Right? He didn't even extend mm-hmm. forward into his space, and they still call that a foul. You know, that to me, that's an offensive foul. It's the same thing as kicking your leg out if you're the shooter. And they're, they're yeah. just giving Chris Milton you know, free throws at this point just to get him going. I, I thought that that was some pretty atrocious calls, Ben. So I'm, I'm giving that the gold star. Most definitely. And the, there was a lot of refing things that went on tonight, but we're not going to blame the loss on the refs. It's obviously the Raptors just didn't hit shots. But yeah, Chris Middleton, and you can call the fouls. I, I think it's fair to call the fouls on those running plays because it's a bang-bang call, and he got called for one offensive foul. But giving him the free throws, as you mentioned, just to get him going and stuff, that that's really tough because we see Lowry draw one or two of those a game. But he never gets put on the free throw line for it. They always call it on the floor. We saw it once tonight where he blatantly had a shooting foul and they called it on the floor. So it's got to go both ways with that, Riker. So completely agree with you. But one final question I want to throw at you, Riker. Will, after watching this game, after watching what we've seen from the Toronto Raptors and the Milwaukee Bucks this season, will the Raptors beat the Milwaukee Bucks in a seven-game series if we play them in the playoffs right now? Ben, I have playoffs? no doubt. I... It's a weird sense of confidence. We we mentioned at the beginning of the pod. I, I think we exposed the chinks in the armor of the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, I would be confident going into a seven-game series that Nick Nurse and the boys would be able to figure out how to win it just simply from the things that they, you know, that they saw that worked, and they just were a little bit off tonight. I think that over a seven-game stretch, there's no way that they're losing to the Milwaukee Bucks. I am in complete agreement with you, Riker, and... For for all the people that are a bit rotted after this game, don't don't feel bad. The Raptors have been strong all season, and it, it's gonna. I think the Raptors they they just have it. I think they they have that it factor right now, and I, I'm very confident going to a series. And Riker, before before we end it off, I want to plug our post game podcast after Game Two of the Eastern Conference Finals last year. People were flaming us in the comment section, saying that we were homers and all that sort of stuff. Because we said that we were extremely confident that the Raptors are going to beat the Bucks after being down 0-2. After we got slapped in Game 2 in Milwaukee. And it ended up happening. It's probably the first time we've been in unison with a, with a controversial take that ended up getting right. Both of us. So, I, I'm just like then, I feel the exact same now. The, the Toronto Raptors are going to beat the Milwaukee Bucks in the playoffs if we end up going against them. That's our take right now. You heard it here. You can revert back to it in June, July if we get there. So, book it. 
you guys are the best for making this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. Riker, you have any last words? Ben, we'll let it simmer. We'll let it simmer. Cheers.